were turned off. At night, I watched, stricken with fear, as the headlights of passing automobiles cast animated shadows on the walls of my room. Only God, who I believed loved my singing voice, could protect me from the wickedness lurking in the dark. Thus, I sang all of God's favorite tunes, hummed when I didn't know the words, in order to earn his protection. When I ran out of hymns to sing, I made up my own. I am your child, God. I am your child. It is real, real dark, but I am your child. God, I believed was partial to high-pitched, mournful tunes with simple, direct messages. God was a brooder. What did I know about his grace? What did I know about anything? Ambition, envy, lust. Which was my sin? I didn't want my neighbor's wife. I didn't want his servant. I didn't want his ass. There was, however, a girl. Peachy. Brother and Sister Gregory's eldest daughter. I had known her all my life, but when she walked to the front of the church that Easter Sunday, sat down at the piano and played Were You There When They Crucified My Lord, my third-grade heart began to know envy and desire. Peachy Gregory did not pick out tunes on the piano. No, she played with all of her fingers, those on her left hand, too. Such virtuosity for a girl no older than I. And the applause. That was what I wanted. I wanted to go before the congregation and lead them in song. But all I could do was play with one finger. I had to learn to play like Peachy. An earnest desire to serve the church as a minister of music, then, didn't compel me to press my parents, a maid and a school bus driver, for piano lessons, though that is what I claimed. When they said they couldn't afford piano lessons, much less a piano, I told them a necessary fiction. Angels flew down from heaven playing harps. They pointed to this great big giant piano. They wanted me to join them. I trembled because I knew I couldn't play the piano. I opened my eyes as wide as possible so as to seem more scared and innocent. I've never taken any lessons. Were you asleep? My father asked, one large hand clutching my shoulder, the other pushing his blue cap further up on his head, exposing the bald spot. Was it a dream? Before I could answer, my mother jumped in. He already told you he was wide awake. It was a vision. God is speaking to the child. You know how kids are, said my father, from out of whose pocket the money would come. He chuckled. Elwin's been wanting to play piano so bad, he begins to hear God and see visions. It could be a trick of the devil. My mother shook a finger at him. Elwin should have been taking piano lessons a long time ago. He's special. God speaks to animals and children. Elwin doesn't lie. My father peered down at me with a look that said, tell the truth, boy. But I kept my eyes wide and innocent still struck by the wondrous and glorious vision I had seen. My father said to my mother, but 
We can't be so literal with everything. If it's a dream, maybe we need to interpret it. Interpret nothing? Shot back Isidore the maid, who pursued Roscoe the school bus driver to the far side of the room. He fell into his overstuffed recliner where it was customary for him to accept defeat. You call yourself a Christian, she shouted, raising holy hands. But you'd rather spend money at the track than on your own boy. Some Christian you are. My father hung his head in shame. He was beaten. He did, however, achieve a small measure of revenge. Instead of giving up his day at the track, he told my grandmother, that great old-time saint, about my visions. And my grandmother, weeping and raising holy hands, told Pastor, and Pastor wrote my name on the prayer sheet. How I cringed each week as Pastor read to the congregation.